This is Barkcast. You ain't nothing but a hound. On each episode of Barkcast, your questions will be answered by professional, senior trainer and owner of Canine Point Academy, Russell D. Russell. Hi Russell, how's your week been here at Canine Point Academy? It's been very good mate, thanks for asking. No worries at all, my pleasure. What have we got this week then? So, this week, begging. Uh, okay. Begging for food. So we had All right, just he, uh, Sam. Sam sent a message in. I, think it was a, um, I don't know if it was a, a Facebook message or an email. I'm not sure. Anyway, Sam's put a message in saying, her dog begs for food. How do we stop it? Right. Okay. That's as much information as we've got. Yeah, very short and sweet. So, Russell, stop Sam's dog from, from begging. begging. Righty-ho. Okay. I mean, dogs are generally usually food motivated. And What do you mean by food motivated? They like food. If there's food around, they're motivated to do stuff. And in, in simple terms, if I'm trying to get my dog to sit, if I've got a, a small piece of cheese or chicken in my hand, they're likely to offer a range of behaviors until I give them that particular treat. So if there's food around, they're more likely to suddenly be attracted to what we're doing. If we're sitting watching TV, the dog might just be doing its own thing. All of a sudden, you get up to go to the kitchen. The dog tends to follow you to the fridge and what have you. And that happens a lot in a lot of houses. If we're at the, the dining room table or a breakfast table and what have you. Uh, sorry, did Sam mention if there's kids involved in this? Afraid not. Afraid no. not. Okay, no. So if you, and for people that have got babies and there's, I don't have kids, but people tell me if you've got babies, a lot of food ends up on the floor. Something to get thrown around. Dogs love that. If they're particularly if they're foodie type dogs, and they will work out very quickly when baby feeding time comes along. It's in my interest to hover around because I'm going to get me some tasty snacks because that just is par for the course. Also, even if you've got slightly older kids and they get the plate of food in front of them, I'm going to wait until mommy and daddy aren't looking and I'm going to scoop the bits of broccoli and stuff that I don't like onto the floor so Rover can hoover it up. Everyone's happy. These are the sort of things that will reinforce to the dog that hanging around the table, hanging around the, the kitchen table or the, the dining room table, this is where I should be because there's food around. Is that not, um, going looking back at the history of dogs, not that I know that much about the history of dogs, <laughs> but is that not the pack kind of mentality that the dogs will follow the leaders because they, you know, they're second in command, not second in command, it's but they are in a pecking order for food? It's, it's less of that and more to do with the fact if, if there's food around... I'm, I'm interested, for the most part. And I, I'm sure there's listeners here saying, sorry, mate, you need to meet my dog who doesn't care about food. Because Maximus isn't very food motivated. Uh, no, and a lot of dogs aren't necessarily food motivated either. And it's not breed or size of dog specific. It's just down to the individual personality of those dogs. Some dogs will, and I'm fed, Max will eat his food quite heartily and happily. Yes. Morning and night, no drama at all. And yes, if you've got a bit of cheese or a bit of chicken every now and again, he'll scarf it. But he's not overly bothered about food. And some dogs can be like that. And some dogs are at the further end that they just sometimes will struggle to get through their, their breakfast and dinner, let alone take any tasty snacks. But those are the more extreme ends. In the main, a lot of dogs, and I think anyone that's got like a beagle or a lab at the minute will, will tell you, yes, they like and are motivated by food. Ergo, if we're in high food dynamic environments in the house the dog is likely to attach itself to those such as if we consistently have dinner on the the dining room table or at the breakfast bar wherever it is the dog is going to naturally attach itself to those situations and those areas because 
that's where they're going to get treats. So that's the first part. The second part is how do we stop the dog from doing it? Dogs are fairly simple in as much of if they're being rewarded for certain behaviors, i.e. lying by this baby chair, sitting by this table, and I'm being rewarded, i.e. getting food, I'm going to keep doing it. If we take away their access to food, it becomes slightly less motivating because there's no point me being here because there's no reward to it. There are difficulties with that. Again, not having kids, never had a baby, but I appreciate babies aren't very good at not dropping food. So that makes it a bit more tricky. In those sort of cases, I would work with some more sort of functional um, behavior training, like teaching them a boundary stay. As you've noticed around our facility, we've got these sort of raised beds, I call them place beds, where we can put the dogs. So they can lie down there, they can move around, they've got a bit of space to move and get comfy, but they're on that particular spot. So I can be over here, have my meal, my dog's a couple of feet away, but they're on their bed, as opposed to under my feet, quote-unquote, begging at the table. Should you have the dog on your placemat or around you when you are... Let's, let's take the feeding the baby for an example. Yeah. Or should you just take the dog completely out of the equation and move the dog away, would the dog then get upset because it's not part of the family unit when the baby's eating? And then on another question, sure. to put all this together, who eats first, the baby or the dog? I'm, I'm less concerned about any of that, if I'm being completely honest. I don't worry about the hierarchy of mum, daddy, then the baby, then the dog. I don't care if you feed the dog first. Do it in whatever order works for you in your environment. That issue, that thing doesn't bother me. In terms of keeping the dog away... If and, I, and people have done this, they'll put the dog in, in a room or in a kitchen behind a baby gate or behind a door because we're eating and we don't want the dog harassing us, which is fine on a management level because it manages the problem. But it can also create what we call barrier frustration because I want to get over there, but I can't because there's a barrier in my way. And also when that gate or that door isn't there, I haven't closed it properly and the dog can get through, they haven't learned to stay back because they've been forced to stay back by this physical block. So what I want to do is train them and teach them an alternative behavior rather than being under my feet and begging at the table. And that alternative behavior would be, and for me the simplest one, go over there and lie on your bed. And the bed can be 10 feet away, it can be right next to me, I don't really care, we can move it around, but it's just far enough away that it's not right under us and at the table. And in terms of what I want to do is reward the dog, and I can still use some food. I can have some treats with me, but I will get up with a treat, walk over to the dog's bed, put the treat on the bed, good boy for staying here, and then I can come back and continue my meal. Two things. One is I want to reinforce me staying on the bed over here is what's rewarding and getting me food, if indeed food's the, 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 the motivating factor. And secondly, I'm not only going to do it at dinner time. I'm going to practice that particular boundary or play stay a lot during the day, just randomly. A couple of minutes here, a few minutes there. Same thing, I'm being rewarded for just staying on this bed. So it's not so much dinner time being the big thing. I go on this place bed all the time. And whenever I go on it, it's rewarding. I get attention, I get a fuss, I get a treat. It's in my interest to go here because it might make you get up and give me a treat. Most parents like the fact that the dog cleans up after the people <laughs> yeah, on the yes. floor, yeah, right? Yeah. And it, it's kind of these, and I, I, I've 
done it a few and times it's, myself. And it's, it's also good fun for the kids. They, they enjoy, oh, you know, Robe is hoovering up the chips. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So is that bad or is, that, is it something you shouldn't encourage? I'm not going to argue whether it's good or bad. The, I would argue the primary thing in the same way, is it good or bad the dog gets on the sofa? There's no right or wrong. It's whatever you're comfy with. If you're happy the dog's doing a particular behavior, well, rock on. That's, it's your dog. It's your, as long as it's not causing a problem, then carry on. When it comes to things like food or, or even something like jumping on the sofa, the, my first thing would be, A, I would rather my dogs did certain behaviors after asking the question, can I? So, hey, I'm going to come and sit next to you. Do you mind if I come on the sofa? Or look at me bef- before I move towards and say, hey, can I finish the food on the floor? And I don't mean it in a ro- I don't want a robot as a pet. I want a pet dog. But at the same time, the same with our kids. We don't want them necessarily making arbitrary decisions to grab knives out of the kitchen drawer or run across the road. I want to, you to ask me if that's okay first. At the same time, particularly with food, I don't want to encourage my dog to go towards food and start clearing it up because if you map that out we now go to a friend's house or we go to the beach and the dog's running around and there's always going to be bits of food around or even walking down the street and they're conditioned to all this food on the floor I can run towards that and eat it because god forbid that was something nasty now we've got more of an issue and also what you tend to find in those situations in the house Hey, Rover, yeah, sure, go and grab that food off the floor. Knock yourself out, buddy. But we go out for a walk, and now we're trying to stop them doing it. So we're, we're creating different pictures for the dog. That becomes unclear for them, and they're therefore more likely to say, well, hey, I better get to that chicken bone on the street really quickly just in case you're having a moment and don't want me to do it. So I better get there quicker. Is it the same thing as well? And I think I've answered this question in my head, but I'll let you answer okay. it. Um, you shouldn't feed animals... Because then the animal always thinks that when a human comes up, it's got food and it, and it will bite you and it's not trying to bite you. I think I'm referring to horses in fields, <laughs> mainly. Um, but you shouldn't just you know, go and give them food because then they think everyone's going to come and they're not trying to bite you, but they just think you've got food. Does, do dogs do that as well? Because if a kid's got a bit of sausage or something and they've got it under the table and the dog might just come up and grab it because it thinks it's going to eat but actually kind of nips at the child. Do you see what I'm... I'm not explaining that very well, but... I, I think I see where you're... You, the expert. Yeah, I, I think I see where you're getting. The, the reason people tend to get their fingers and hands nibbled is... And this is quite difficult to explain. This would be great for a video. If you can imagine, most people, when they want to give a dog a treat, particularly a dog they don't know, they tend to hold it like maybe in a, their thumb and their forefinger, and they're trying to keep... They're trying to hold the very, very end of the treat, as little of the treat as possible that I can hold, so I can keep my hand, my fingers as far away from the dog as possible. And we're now hovering that hand just in front of the dog, trying to pull it back slowly, but keep it in place. The dog doesn't have a hat. The dog can't reach up with a paw and say, don't worry, mate, let me take that calmly from you, and I'll then eat it. The dog will use its face. It will use its teeth to take the treat. And you're now a moving target. And if you're going to move away, the dog is going to move towards you. The quicker you move, the quicker the dog moves. And dogs' reactions are five to seven times faster than ours. So you cannot move your hand away quick enough. People often say, oh, I was very quick then. The dog tried to bite me. No, the dog let you win that one. If they're going to bite, they're going to bite. In these sort of scenarios that you're referring to, they're not trying to bite you. They're just trying to make sure they can get the treat before you whip it away. 
So How, if, sorry, but I'm going to jump in. Okay. Then should you feed a dog like you feed a horse with a flat palm? Flat palm. Ah, there you go. Didn't See, know that. And, and particularly with, and I urge this a lot with parents with kids, have a flat palm, put the treat in the flat of your palm, hold it under the dog's nose. They'll, they'll either chomp it or lick it, but you're not going to get your fingers nibbled. And it then becomes a calmer thing. And if we're talking about a, a general house pet, this is something that I would do and in terms of socializing them, get lots of kids and people to feed them like that. So they've just learned, oh, when there's food, I can just gently lick it out of people's hands and it's not a big drama. So then we go to a situation where, again, we're maybe at the beach or at a cafe or a restaurant. We've got the dog with us. And yes, there is a child or someone inadvertently has some food in their hand, which is at dog level. They're less likely to have the dog grab at it because it's just not learned. That's what I do. Okay, I kind of got off the subject of, of begging, but just to summarize? So, yeah, to summarize, A, un- understand it's probably going to happen in, in certain areas and at certain times, obviously going to be around feeding times. What can we do to mitigate that? Can I, A, manage the situation and put my dog somewhere else? If that's what it needs and what it takes, carry on. I would, for B, urge you to work with some more functional training Teach the dog how to stay on a particular bed or in a particular area on a, on a mat, a, a functional boundary stay. Get them to learn that particular cue and use that, A, at feeding times, but also at other random times during the day. Cool. Thanks, Russell. No worries at all. Thank Cheers. you. Bye. If you're looking for professional training or somewhere to board your dog, either short or long term, then check out Canine Point Academy. That's caninepointacademy.com or go to Facebook and search Canine Point Academy.